You're listening to the Tipsy Nerds Book Club Podcast, your home for the best of science fiction and fantasy with a twist. Whether you prefer your stories with dragons or aliens, your beverages shaken or stirred, fill your glass, relax, and join the conversation with your hosts, sci-fi and fantasy authors and proud tipsy nerds, Natalie Wright and R.S. Dabney. Welcome, tipsy nerds, book lovers, Lord of the Rings (laughs) fans, to the Tipsy Nerds Book Club podcast. We are today having a conversation that's probably mainly me asking Robin lots of questions because she's our resident Lord of the Rings Tolkien expert. We're going to talk about the Amazon originals production of The Rings of Power, a prequel to Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. And we both watched it. We were both excited about it. We spent about an hour in a non-recorded conversation (laughs) recently. Unfortunately. Yeah. And then I was like, I should have recorded that. But so I thought, well, we'll try to recapture some of that conversation in a recording. So yeah, well, it's okay. Cause some of my predictions were wrong in that. So it's, um, you were you spot know, on though, although, about, about one that was, I would have yeah. never seen, but you were totally on it. Yeah. We can dive into, I, I don't even, I don't even know where to start other than uh, like, I was so excited, obviously, when I found out that there would be a Lord of the Rings show. Amazon spent a small fortune on the Rings of Power and it has gotten totally mixed reviews and Natalie and I can dive into that and I can kind of talk about why I think it's gotten mixed reviews but I would say right off the bat that personally I I loved the show. I had some problems with the season finale. I don't think that the last episode lived up to the rest of the show, but the first seven episodes, and yes, I can address the things that people are complaining about as well, but just as a joy to watch, I felt like it was completely on point. Yeah. So a couple of background things. I have read the first book in the Tolkien like trilogy. I didn't read The Hobbit or mm-hmm. the others and we, we talked about it on the show, but I really enjoyed that book. But I'm telling you that where I'm not an expert in any way, shape or form. You know, I've read the book. Mm-hmm. I saw the movies 20 years ago. So I'm not an expert. Whereas Robin is sort of like a resident expert on all things Tolkien. She really knows a wannabe. the lore. A wannabe yeah, expert. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> more, yeah. more than me, I come into the show having some small amount of knowledge about Tolkien's mm-hmm. world in no respect an expert. Um, my husband knows even less than I do. And so we both really enjoyed the series on multiple cool. levels. So for the, for people who, you know, are not into Tolkien, I guess I say that because I think as a production of a story, you know, in a fantasy setting, there's value here. There's something you can get out of it. And maybe that's a problem. And we'll hear more from you on that, Robin, as to why, if you are, you know, a Tolkien, like you got your PhD in Tolkienology, you know, maybe this is like not (laughs) what you were expecting. But, you know, for those of us who don't know a white wizard from a gray wizard, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) It's like, okay. Right. I am surprised in the fact that I actually have some beef with those people who got their PhD in Tolkien because, Let's just to break down what the series is, because, you know, I, I guess a lot of the complaints you hear are 
are from the hardcore Tolkien fans and they're like, it doesn't follow canon. It doesn't, which some of that is true. Some of it is also not the show's fault. So Amazon spent a small fortune, I think a quarter of a billion just on the rights, but they didn't actually get the rights to all of Tolkien's material. They only got the rights to The Hobbit, The Lord of the Rings and The Appendices. So not The Silmarillion, not any of those others, which actually cover more of the content of the second age when this takes place. So you have the showrunners working with not the legal rights to the whole thing, which kind of makes it difficult. Um, The other thing is, is like Tolkien didn't actually write a whole lot about the second age when this took place. So we have the first age, which was when you had Morgoth, who was the original bad guy of Middle Earth. Sauron was one of his, his minions when he was defeated. And then between that and when the events of of the third age, which is what we know as the Hobbit and the Lord of Rings trilogy and all of that take place, there wasn't a whole lot in the middle. And so you have these guys who are creating this show, one without the rights and two without a whole lot written. (laughs) And so of course they're sort of doomed from the beginning to be like hated by Tolkien fans because they can't really succeed in that way. So I think if you're looking for it to be exact, you're looking to be disappointed. But if you come into it and you're just like excited to explore this world, I think you can enjoy it. And my other beef with these people, and I'm so sorry for you people, because some of you are probably friends, (laughs) is that I I think that this is like one of those like, and this happens in, in everything, but these like super fandoms that are like severe gatekeepers. And I think, right, for me, I got into Lord of the Rings in in Tolkien's world my my dad read The Hobbit to me when I was like eight and that was great but then I sort of didn't come back to it until the Peter Jackson movies came out in 2000 2001 and then I was like oh my god I love this but no I didn't learn about it in this the 70s I didn't you know it's like at what point in time everybody has to have an a a gateway drug to Tolkien (laughs) and so yes for some of us who could do that in the early 2000s we did that and then you know we read and devoured everything I love the rings of power because to me, it's the gateway drug to Tolkien for this whole new generation of people. And I'm not just talking young people, but anyone who comes to it from this. And, and so I, I really dislike the people who are sitting there talking about how bad it is. Cause it sort of turns people off from liking it or makes them think, well, if I don't read every book that Christopher Tolkien wrote about his father's work, or then I, I don't have a right to have an opinion on this. And I just, I think that's toxic fandom and I think this show doesn't deserve it. And I think the joy it's bringing to people doesn't deserve it. So well said one of many soapboxes I will have tonight. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good soapbox. I do have, I do have one thing to add to that because the other piece is that Tolkien, you know, basically all those stuff that all of us Tolkien nerds are, are like pulling on to say, this is canon, this isn't canon. Um, a lot of it is just like notes and things that he had in journals and letters he wrote. And, and he does have this one letter, it's letter 131, like they're even numbered. And he basically says a whole bunch of stuff in it that's this in his flowery Tolkien language. But he's basically saying, I've put into place all this framework. I've set these events, whatever. And then let me see, I wrote down the last piece that... Okay, so he's but he says he's also left space for other minds and hands wielding paint and music and drama to come in and create. And so he basically tells people also in a letter he wrote that he's built this world, but he's also open to people taking it and creating their own art with it. And so I think that's something that people miss is that this is not a perversion to him. I think he would love this, to be honest. Yeah. Well, as a writer, shit, yes. (laughs) You know, it's like. I would pay money to have one person cosplay <laughs> one character of mine. 
one time. You know what I'm saying? Let alone yeah. have a whole industry, you know, that's working on a piece of my writing. Can you imagine? Yeah. Any any kind of creative, right. something that came out of your brain that it resonated so well with other people that they have mm-hmm. to write the song, paint the painting, you know, cosplay right. the thing, whatever. And so it's yeah. it's a great tribute to mm-hmm. the work. And I love that quote, Robin. And thank you for sharing that because that, yeah, I I was like, these hater people, I mean, come on. First of all, the production value is mm-hmm. incredible to me. When do you see something on the small screen that is really yeah. movie worthy? And so I was geeking out over that. Um, right, when you right. see like, now there are some issues. I'm not going to say it's all perfect. Like the size of their ships coming out of Numenor. <laughs> I'm like, is that a miniature ship? <laughs> you know, what's going on there? <laughs> it was so tiny. I'm like, they're supposed yeah. to have horses in those things and the people. I don't know about yeah. that. The scale was kind of off, but for the most part, the world is beautiful. Yeah. I was hooked from the very, when you very first see Galadriel, first of all, if any of you have seen pictures of Robin and you know that she's a mountain climber, <laughs> literally like this first scene where you very first see her, she's in yeah. this like armory, she's climbing a mountain and it so it looked like you, Robin, it did. And I was like, from there on, That's I such saw such a compliment. You. And, but you know, she's kick-ass, she's like a, a yeah. warrior. And her climbing mm-hmm. that mountain, I was like, holy shit, Robin's got to see this. Like, yeah. now, stat. And it, it took me a minute to start watching it because I think I was traveling. I don't remember yeah. what. But as soon as I did, I was just absolutely hooked. And like you said, it, it's fantastic to watch. I think, you know, there were some especially relationships that I really enjoyed watching develop. I think the, uh, the story with Elrond and Durin was really fun. And, I think that's a um, fan favorite. Yeah, I, I think they really nailed some of these. I also really enjoyed um, Bronwyn and um, Arondir, the the sexy elf. Right. <laughs> um, you know that wasn't More like a buddy, him, buddy please, thing, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> right. It was, but it was like I, I I liked these nice touches and like not um, Elrond is not made up, but all of these other characters are made up. All of those places in the Southlands are are made up for this story, and and people took some beef with that but I felt like it was great because we there were people there and we don't right. know who they are and instead of leaving it a black hole why not fill it out and and give us something to to work with um right. I, I thought that was yeah I, I really enjoyed that I think the all of the characters all of the storylines I was I was intrigued by and I I think they gave enough easter eggs for well I'll give two pieces of this for those people who do know the canon and do are trying to figure out what's going on to sort of be like yes yes this is what's happening now they did significantly break the canon in a couple of places that I had to I'm still figuring out how I feel about and I may have to wrap my mind around but I'm also like boxing that up so that it doesn't ruin my whole experience (laughs) right but and we can talk about we can dive into some of those theories and whatnot that we had and we were talking about earlier so I'm going to just like Yeah, I'm going to just put in a little, we will talk about House of the Dragon. And I feel like at another, in another show, but I feel like it's really difficult because these two came out at the same time. So, you know, I was like every Friday I was watching Rings of Power, then Sunday sitting down to watch the House of the Dragon. And it was difficult not to compare them as, Mm -hmm. you know, as I was watching them both. And one thing Mm -hmm. that I'll say about the Rings of Power and why it worked for me better overall 
than House of the Dragon. Spoiler alert. I had some issues with it. I am all about the characters. And when I say I'm all about the characters, you have to flesh them out. But also, you have to give me a reason to give a shit about them. And that Mm -hmm. generally has to do with character motivation. So they have Mm -hmm. a goal. They have an idea. They have a need. And it's expressed. And then you're like, okay, I want to follow this character now. Galadriel mm-hmm. needs to kill Sauron. <laughs> like she needs him to die. And she's mm-hmm. got a reason. And that's mm-hmm. her quest. It's like, okay, the little Harfoot. I can't think of her name right now. Nori. Nori. All of these main characters, Durin and Elrond, all of them, it's very clearly established for each character that they have a goal that they're working toward. They have a yeah. reason to be. And so you're invested. And I would say that that is one of the huge problems with House of the Dragon for me is that they didn't have George R. R. Martin's writing skill. <laughs> and apparently mm-hmm. those showrunners don't know how to write. So they didn't create a an arc of any kind for right. any of the characters. It's like, we have a world, mm-hmm. we have tropes, let's throw you in it. And so... Yeah. So like, I appreciated that whoever the showrunners were, the writers for the Rings of Power, honoring the fact that this is a world built by a really great writer. You know, we don't Mm -hmm. like Tolkien just because he built this world. Like he actually wrote a good story with characters that you care about that had motivation, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, they didn't dump It's like, thank you for taking the time Mm -hmm. to actually write Mm -hmm. a script. Yeah characters then totally actors become invested in those actors Mm -hmm. owned those roles every single one of them you know there they are those people and i'm saying Mm -hmm. this in contrast to a certain you know series that hbo just put out where the actors don't own those roles because they've got nothing to work with and so here and it's a pleasure it's a pleasure to watch that yeah I, I think felt another that. thing that you and I talked about, Robin, was after many seasons and stories of morally gray, mm-hmm. um, that it was, some people maybe don't like this, but for me, it was refreshing to step back into a world where there's a very clear, it's not just all moral relativism. It's like, yes, right. there really are bad actions and there are bad yeah. things. And And it doesn't matter if you had a bad childhood, if you're killing people now, it's not okay. And we don't have to, yeah, I, I, we did love that, that it's, it's, it's kind of refreshing to actually, and of course you don't, they're not just boring black and white characters, but like you still understand that there is a very evil force and that evil force is going to be very evil and you know who not to root for. (laughs) Right. Right. You're Mm -hmm. not, you're not rooting for Voldemort. Right? You're not yeah. like, that's not okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whoever yeah. thinks that is, it's, that's not a hundred percent, not be rooting for the death eaters. You should not be rooting yeah. for the evil soul suckers. You know, I, I so agree. You and can and be I think fascinated that's... by them. You can be intrigued by yeah. it. And, but the other thing I want to say about the rings of power is that I feel like actually it was much more subtle approach to the issues of moral, morally gray. So for example, mm-hmm. Elrond has a struggle about his loyalties, about oaths, about honor, about truth, Mm -hmm. about what he wants to do. Galadriel, she also faces these moral choices. So does Nori. 
actually. Yeah. Right. It's like, I've, I, and I feel like those are all much more realistic portrayals of the reality of what we call quote, morally gray. We're not normally, right. it's not just like, should I sleep with my sister and or shove not? a kid out the window to hide it? Yeah. Just, you know, fascinating to, right but like love we, game of thrones but yes right, it's right. still it's it's refreshing sometimes not to to always have that level of having I'm sorry sleeping with your it. sister is wrong like that's just yeah. it's wrong it's always right. wrong we, it's never right pushing yeah. a kid out yeah, the window exactly. not ever right never never <laughs> good Never right. Fair, fair. Unless he's possessed by the devil. I don't know. We, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. But, you know, just yeah. like a not possessed, normal, everyday kid. It's not okay to push him yeah. out the window to save your ass. Okay. Totally. And that doesn't happen in Lord of the Ring, in Rings of Power. And it's really nice. But there are yeah, people I- grappling with serious questions that are relatable mm-hmm. because um, do I, you know, help this? help this person in need, even when my elders or my tribe or my community are telling me not to, when, when mm-hmm. they're saying that I shouldn't, or, you know, do I owe right. the loyalty to my friend or to my commander or my people, right. all kinds of different questions like that, that come up. And I appreciated that much more yeah. relatable conversation about moral questions that are, yeah. that are tough ones that we might actually face. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, like I said, the show, I really enjoyed up until the last season. And that's where I, I had a struggle. And I was so disappointed because I wanted to just love it all the way through. And I want to, I'll ask you in a minute how you felt about it. But uh, for me, I felt like they really told a beautiful story. And then they rushed through some really important stuff in one episode. So, uh, and also there was a lot of canon breaking which again, I ha- it's okay, but I think if you're going to do this show, you you have to spread it out and you can't do that to the fans either. You, you have to sort of cater to everybody, right? So I think the the reveal of Halbrand as Sauron, I feel like could have been less like knock you on the head because like for me, I, I knew Halbrand was Sauron from almost the get-go for many reasons. And Natalie and I talked about it. It was super cool. You know, for one, Sauron was Morgoth's blacksmith and you have Halbrand going into Numenor and like demanding to be a blacksmith there's a whole list of things that are really fun the easter eggs that led to to Halbrand being Sauron so I knew that was going to happen but I think it would have been juicier for the the watchers if you had like let them realize those connections so instead of just being like everything is fine everything is fine oh he's Sauron it's like that sort of to me that took away some joy you also had these I also felt like we didn't see enough of a reaction of her yeah she's falling for him She's yeah. letting her heart open to him. And she mm-hmm. hasn't had her heart open to anyone for a very long time. And not only so, that, but this is the person who killed her brother and she's dedicated her life to killing and he tricked her into loving him. I mean, that I is like a whole episode's worth of emotion right. that we need. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, wanted, mm-hmm. I wanted to feel, and she as an the actor playing Galadriel mm-hmm. has shown her power over the season yeah. To, to really, yeah. she's a, she's a really good actor. So she could have totally yeah. handled a lot more than they gave her. And I agree with you. I yeah. feel like that could have been a complete episode in and of itself. I didn't even know we, I, I really thought we wouldn't find out about Halbrand as Sauron until next season because I, I they agree. hadn't left enough time. And I thought this was going to be a slow uh, unraveling. You also have these three elven rings forged in like 15 minutes when it's right. like the whole thing is called rings of power. It's like, these should be 
us, you know, this takes a long time than just, oh, wait, I have an idea. Let's do this. And they do it. It was like, that was really fast. Right. That was another place where they broke a whole lot of canon because Sauron doesn't show up that way. Sauron shows up initially as this, this character called Anatar who goes into to Eregion tricks the elves into thinking he was sent by the Valar to help them, collaborates with Celebrimbor and manipulates him into creating the 19 rings, and then afterwards goes and creates the one ring. So here we just saw the three elven rings, which actually were not also the first created. So there's just was a lot of, I feel like for a show called Rings of Power, that's the one thing you where there actually is canon written, right? could have stuck to that and satisfied the fans. And everybody else would have been fine, you know, understanding that it's a long and arduous process to forge 19 magical rings. <laughs> right. And I, I understand they couldn't use Anatar, I think, I'm guessing, because they didn't have the rights to the Silmarillion and whatnot. So they just had to make up a character. So this is where I will give the show grace that they didn't follow that. But as far as the rings go, I, I felt like that was just too quick and tidy. Same with the Sauron reveal. Same with him getting to Mordor like did he take a bus like that was so fast <laughs> right. um and 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 going uh, i just i felt like it was such a delicious ruse that he had going mm -hmm. and it should have unraveled a little slower and given people time to really feel the weight of that betrayal and i don't feel like as viewers we got to just be like oh my god you're right. just sort of like hit in the head and then you woke up and you were like what happened <laughs> Right. It, they definitely could have used, I think, 10 episodes in this series instead of eight. Yeah. And it would have Absolutely. been better. Yeah. Particularly yeah. with that, with that yeah. piece. I agree with you. It, mm -hmm. Lord of the or Rings of Power is like, it burns fast at the beginning and sort of fizzles a little bit toward the end. House mm -hmm. of the Dragon, I'm going to say, is kind of the opposite, where it was a very mm -hmm. slow burn. And then it, okay. it builds to something much better. Mm -hmm. And they had 10 episodes wasted yeah. four of them, I would say, <laughs> like, just absolutely like, that is such a pity, my numbingly wasted. And then yeah. as a super fan, you you get pissed off. Now I sound like of one course. of those fans, of the, but it's like, you have so much to work with yeah. for fuck's mm -hmm. sake. Really? This is what you're yeah. going to do with it. It's like, this yeah. isn't even good fan fiction of right. this right. thing. Right. Um, right. Whereas Lord of the or Rings of Power is good fan fiction. And right. they, even the ending was like entertaining. It was just aggravating and I think could have been better. And yes, I, I still, of course, am like so excited to watch what's next. I still as a whole would rate the series really well. You know, what I'm trying you, to think of what. Yeah, go ahead. What did you think about The Stranger? <laughs> um, so, yeah. The, so Natalie the, and I talked. with the Harfoots. Yeah, we talked earlier on and uh, about mid-season, I was convinced The Stranger was actually a Balrog. Because I, I knew he was a Maya, which are like right. these, which is what the, the wizards are as well. It's sort of, let's say, the angels of the world. If you if you don't know this world, you have Eru Iluvatar, who is basically God. You have the Valar, which are basically like the gods. And then below them, you have the Maya, which are Sauron is a Maya. The Balrogs are Maya. The wizards are. It's, it's sort of these, I'll call them angels, even though angels and demons or whatever sort of as this level of immortal beings and so this character of this stranger is clearly amaya i was i think at this point Nat natalie had said she thought he was gandalf which it looks like is what the season is doing with it but at this point i was like no it can't be gandalf because gandalf actually 
in Tolkien's work did not ever show up until the third age. And at this point, I, I was really convinced they were going to mostly follow canon. <laughs> I'm not sure that they will at this point. This does, if he is Gandalf, it does annoy me because it sort of feels like putting porgs in Star Wars. You know, it's like if you put enough cute characters, all the little fans are going to be like, Whoa! I feel like putting Gandalf in there, everybody's like, oh, Gandalf. Uh, there were two wizards who did show up in the second age, the blue wizards, which... There's almost nothing written about them. They're very kind of mysterious. I would have loved for these to be the blue wizards or one of to be one of the blue wizards because it would be cool to get to know that story. We're um, not certain there was enough that they're not though, are we? We're not, but he the this stranger character made a couple comments at the end in this last episode, especially when he said something about like if you're lost, you just follow your nose which is a, almost a direct quote to what Gandalf told Mary at one point in the fellowship. So it still may not be. I'm hoping I'm hoping now. I, I don't think it's one of the Balrogs because we did see the Balrog then down in Moria. Um, mm -hmm. So it's it's probably not that character. There was, there was a lot of fire imagery and stuff at the beginning that kind of led me to believe that. I think they're going to make him Gandalf, which I think is a pity. I hope he's a blue wizard. Anyway, the show leaves off with with the stranger and Nori headed to Rune, which is in the eastern map of Middle-earth, and which we don't know a lot about. What we do kind of know from the canon of Rune is that, I can't remember this guy's name, but he's one of the only, one of two ringwraiths who's actually named was a king of Rune at one point. So I'm guessing we're going to see kind of the first first image of one of the, the ringwraiths appear. We also know that during the Second Age, the two blue wizards were actually in Rune working to fight against Sauron's badness darkness and so i'm hoping at least if this is gandalf he's going to join the two blue wizards because i really would love to get to know more about them i thought he was an interesting character i again i went back and forth i thought he was bad at first but trying to be good i liked his story i think it's interesting i liked that his his and nori's and the harfoot stories was like totally separate and quiet i know a lot of people had a little bit of beef with this they were like i don't feel like it fits i don't get it I sort of liked the moment to breathe and look at like cool twigs and hair and like mm -hmm. speculate about the stars. So I was fine with that. Uh, I think he's going to end up being Gandalf and I will swallow that not so bitterly. It's it's fine. <laughs> I think they're throwing a bone to the fans, but I it's not my favorite. I will say that. But I feel like they've given us enough that it's it's probably he's probably Gandalf. But yeah, I like I do like the contrast of his character with Nori. And their friendship. Mm -hmm. And I do think that's an interesting, I mean, the yeah. thing is too, fan fiction that worked for the Hobbits and Gandalf, it was, it's always yeah. the most, for me, the most um, like satisfying part of that story, in my view, is how the Hobbits teach this old immortal wizard yeah. things right. and, and vice versa right. and his appreciation yeah. for them and their simple life and their simple ways. Yeah. He's, we definitely know he's a wizard at this point because those yeah. weird Morgothy witch ladies or whatever. I'm calling them the three witches. I don't know in, what they are, but I I liked the three I witches. Like them, I kind of liked the they were like the cool. way they look and everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They they referred to him as an Istari, which is which is what the wizards are. And there was some nice, I think, imagery and trickery they did. Like they talk about. Um, Poppy, who is Nori's friend, I think at one point at the beginning told Nori she's always like saving baby eagles, and she she named a couple things, but one of them was like saving a baby eagle, which is interesting because I think 
you have in the legend of the Astari and whatnot, they were sent to Middle Earth and they always forgot everything. The the wizard specifically, not all Maya. And so they they were described almost as like newborn babies that had to relearn everything. And so it was I think it's cool also that his trajectory took him to Nori because clearly he was sent by the Valor or whoever to this character who was known for caring for creatures and all of this stuff. And so I do like that that she was fated to help him and that she did take on that task in that role. And yeah, like you said, the pairing between a wizard and a hobbit or hobbit-like creature is always a lovely adventure. And then I liked Durin and his wife. You know, again, one of the things that I think when I was a younger person, I had issues with getting into the Tolkien story was because there weren't really female characters. And so to me, there was no like entree for me into that world. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why that matters because I was thinking about this the other day, I I devoured Anne Rice's Vampire Chronicles and there weren't really women in those stories, Mm -hmm. but I don't know, maybe it's just the way that it was written and all of that. I didn't really get into it. So I think here we have much more of a rounded story for the modern era of multiple kinds of people. So we see Durin and his wife. I don't think we've ever seen a female dwarf before in Tolkien. So, um, and their repartee with each other and Elrond, that to me, that's the screen always lights up when they're on screen together. The actors are just really owning those roles and the makeup and the hair and all of that is great. And the sets and the setting, it's just very dwarfy (laughs) in a good way. And so- And I love that Durin kind of plays tricks on Elrond and the elves. Like the thing about the table, I thought was a great gag and pretty funny and reveals his character. Yeah. All very cute. And I definitely appreciated that. I appreciated that Bronwyn comes in and she is a heroic character and she's not noble. She's not a noble birth. She's not a lord. She's just an everyday person and a Mm -hmm. woman. And again, Mm -hmm. it's that break from the past where for a long time in fantasy literature and high fantasy, the heroic people always were white, male, lords, knights. And here we have, again, kind of bringing it into the modern era where we have heroes are needed everywhere. You know, we can't discount anyone from this need to step up. And I liked that thematically. And I liked how that played out in terms of the story and what went on in that town. It all felt very relevant to me of, yeah. Are you going to side with this evil over here? Because you're just like, I'll throw my lot in. I know that's mm-hmm. wrong, but I'll throw my lot in with that. Maybe I'll survive versus we needed to do the right thing. And uh, yeah, but, you know, I thought that was well done. It was definitely more accessible to people and modernized. And I think this is also where it, it did really well is like you just said, the, the lady power in this was phenomenal. Galadriel, Bronwyn, the queen of Numenor, Disa, who was Durin's wife. I'm probably missing somebody, but like, Nori. I feel like the toughest, Nori, the, yeah. the, the, the most interesting, toughest characters were like these women. And then you also had people of color in this series, which was severely lacking from the Peter Jackson movies and from the stories and all of that. And I thought it was it was lovely to watch and it was cool to see how this was a mo- this was a show that anyone can watch and finally see themselves in this epic fantasy movie as 
heroes as all these different things. And so, again, this is why I'm mad at those people gatekeeping Tolkien, because if this is the gateway in for people, whoever it is, wherever you're coming from, and you just were touched by this kind of magic, like I'm all for it. And I think they did a, a good job. Obviously, there's still stuff they can and we can as creators always better. But I think this was light years ahead of where the Peter Jackson movies were in many ways. And if you have to break canon to include women and people of color, I'm sorry, I'm okay with that. (laughs) Or it's just, you know, we've talked about this before on our show. I mean, I'm not going to say Tolkien's wrong because he didn't include more women. No, he wrote in a time and in a place and from a perspective that was what it was. You know, I'm not mad at him for writing how he wrote in his time. I just, I think if they had made this show now and kept to early 1900s fantasy, it would be very problematic. Or even (laughs) early 2000s, right? Even early 2000s. Yeah. Right. Can't do that anymore. And And (laughs) it shouldn't have been the way it was then, but yeah, but it isn't the way it is now. And the world is better for it. I, I just feel like as a woman, I could relate to some of these characters and also to see male yeah. characters that are in a variety. It's We don't get flat male characters that are solely, you know, yeah. like one thing. There are male characters yeah. here that are showing vulnerability, that are showing struggles, that are like Duran's struggle with his father and living up to what his father mm-hmm. wants of him. I, I All these sorts mm-hmm. of things are very relatable for people. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I just really yeah, liked like that. The other thing I was going to say is the sets. Okay. The sets are like, well done. <laughs> I want to say this is in contrast to another big budget show on another channel that, you know, there is a set in house of dragon that looks like the claymation set from Rudolph, the red nosed reindeer claymation made in the 1960s. And I, I'm just, I shit you not. It like, (laughs) if you put them side by side, it's like the same thing. And I'm like, are you shitting me with this? Like you had how many millions of dollars? Watch that so bad. (laughs) And you couldn't make a set that has, that doesn't look like something that like my kid made in high school for, you know, high school drama where you have just wood painted one color (laughs) and Mm -hmm, that's your set. mm -hmm. Really? So I appreciate yeah. that for these billions of dollars they spent on this, that all the yeah. sets feel real and, you know, fully fleshed out and yeah. really imagined. And I appreciated yeah. that investment into the story Yeah, yeah. because yeah. some nerds like me pay attention to that shit. The other thing we were talking about, you know, the fandom and people need to calm the fuck down. Um, well, you didn't say that. I'm saying that, but that's kind of where it is. It's like, dudes. Some of us, you know, people who love the genre, like we have major corporations willing to spend a shit ton of money making these. And so mm-hmm. this is not a one star, you know, get over. Oh, yourself, yeah. Right? Come on. Yeah. I've seen one star. It was, it came out last weekend. A black Adam is like one and two star. Okay? <laughs> Aquaman was shit. Yeah. Black widow. No, not that's- so much. Minimum, you should be allowed to give this three stars, I would say. And that's just because you you're that's just because you're mad at the canon debauchery in the final episode. (laughs) You can't, you know, you have to look at it as a whole and say, okay, you've got top notch sound editing, you've got top notch, you know, sets, acting is good, the story holds together. We have character motivation, etc. Okay. So yeah, if you're gonna have Mm -hmm. a baby fit over it. You know, and act like a toddler, yeah. a three stars is, yeah. But in general, right. let's support 
the people who are making this stuff. This is art that's being created. And I've got a real Mm -hmm. beef going too with these trolls who are being little baby bitches and complaining about anybody's work. It's like, look, you know, there's a shit ton of artists, creatives who are involved Mm -hmm. in this. Don't crap on their work like that. Just because you don't like Jeff Bezos. Really? You know, fuck off with that. It's also, I mean, I don't like Jeff Bezos It's also really good work. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you can have beasts with Mr. You know, fly his scrotum to the space, you know, that we can have a beef with. But, like, but this is like a whole lot of people put a lot of work into this, you know? Yeah. So whether it's a book or a movie, come on, people remember that they're actual human beings. I'm, st- I'm stuck on Jeff Bezos's scrotum. I'm so sorry. Sorry. Um, now okay. you got that imagery. <laughs> uh, now, going back, let's see. Do I have a question for you? <laughs> I'm sorry. I got you very off track. No, no, no. I liked it. I, I, I felt like, I, I feel like it's, Robin, it's I a fair, it. <laughs> I feel like it's a fair assessment of, of how obnoxious that kind of toxic fandom is is I, I think that what you just put to words in colorful language is fair because I can sit here and know all this stuff and not let this tank my experience right. therefore tanking everyone's experience and I think that's the the thing is, is I, I would say that if there's anyone listening who cares <laughs> like it if you like it and there's always going to be people who sit around and circle jerk over how smart they are right but they're just kind of miserable and they're they're going to miss out on enjoying something. And so I would say like, yes, okay, maybe it doesn't follow everything totally, but like what book to adapt TV adaptation ever does anyway. And we still watch and we still enjoy them. And so, yeah, I, I honestly cannot wait for season two of this. And I'm right. going to sit here and peruse all of my Tolkien books because I want to be ready episode one to start coming up with theories and ideas <laughs> and speculating and being and wrong. And I'm just going to drink a drink and watch it and just be happy that I'm getting to see wizards and Harfoots and, and Galadriel and, and her get, armor. And probably probably Gandalf too. So you'll be yeah. very happy. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. give me wizards and dragons and you know, good versus evil. And I'm in every time. And I have already told Robin, if I don't someday see you cosplay Galadriel, I will be forever sad. I I will do that. (laughs) I I promise. (laughs) I am living for this now. I I, I swear an oath on this rock. (laughs) (laughs) That's just a random rock that she has on her desk. Yeah. By the way. But I was trying to to be, trying to be Durin. Yeah. I swear an oath. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So good. Always to talk with you, Robin. Well, we're just, you too. we, we are living at a great time for nerds, for nerddom, for fandom. And it's, yes, you're right. Like just enjoy it, watch mm-hmm. it, read it and have fun yeah. with it. And yeah. we will keep talking about it here at Tipsy Nerds. And we always want to hear from you all. Come tell us your theories about the rings of power. What did you like? What did you not like? Yeah, I'd love to hear that. I also want to hear if anybody has speculation because I I haven't a little bit. One thing I'm trying to figure out right now, the puzzle I'm working with is who are the nine ring wraiths going to be? Have we seen any of these ring wraiths, the leaders who wield the the, the nine rings of power that the men have? So I'm starting to put together my list. I'd love to know what you guys think of this. And also, like Natalie said, how did you like the show? 
And also, if you hate it, chill out, my dudes. <laughs> yeah, chill out, my dudes. <laughs> have a glass have a glass of uh of uh wine or mead or vodka or whatever you need and just enjoy the magic yeah absolutely well until next time nerds cheers yeah cheers thank you for listening to the tipsy nerds book club podcast don't forget to subscribe rate review and share the fun with your friends and family you can find recipes as well as show notes episode transcripts and helpful links on our website tipsynerdsbookclub.com And as always, join us next week for a new episode of Libations and Geeking Out. Cheers.